Welcome in to 2 for one Drafts. Austin Gale here, the host of 2 for one Drafts, a Rookies and Draft Prospects podcast. Today on the Wednesday edition, we're going to look at rookies to watch and our NFL green line picks and also some prospects to watch and our NCAA green line picks for week five. We also have a new segment where we're looking at five-star reviews of players people mentioned, players that we haven't got to. That should be a lot of fun as well. And I also need to let you know that this podcast is actually brought to you by Pristine Auction. Check out their daily auctions with $1 starting bids on over 8,000 football items up for auction. Pristine Auction guarantees guarantees authenticity on every product use code pff for ten dollars off your first invoice also through pristine auction we're currently giving away a signed saquon barkley jersey rate and review the podcast and we will be choosing a winner next week or the week after definitely check that out pristine auction let's get into the podcast Back in the saddle, Mike. Two for one drafts, ready to rip it up. And I have quite the story to kick off this podcast with. It's a little, it's a little interesting story. So I recently moved into a studio apartment. We know that. I got a new TV, a 65-inch banger. Got it mounted on the wall last night. And normally, normally, I just habitually watch The Office. I, I, I am there's oh, Office fans. One of those guys. There's Office fans that have seen every episode. Yeah. There's Office fans that watch every season 50 times that discount the last two seasons when Michael leaves. And then there's me, who watches every single season, habitually every single day. I usually do that. However, with the 65-inch TV, I decided to put on something new. I've been wanting to watch this movie on Netflix that looks like a mind bang. It's just insane. It's called I Think I'm Thinking of Leaving Things. And it is honestly the most insane, weirdest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I still don't know what I just watched. I think it's one of those movies where everything you think is real is not real in the end, and it was actually all in some dude's head or something like that. But encouraging everyone who's Spoiler listening. Spoiler alert. No, well, you, dude, you, you turn on this movie and you think like one thing's true, and then every 10 minutes something changes. It is absolutely I'm thinking of ending things, bonkers. I'm thinking of ending things is the name of the movie. It's on Netflix right now. Highly encourage you to watch it. If you are inebriated in any way, you're going to have watch to watch it. it a second time because okay. it is one of the weirdest movies. No, the weirdest movie I've ever freaking seen. And I love like those movies where you don't really understand the plot and it kind of just like moves quickly and it like messes with your mind. But this movie was on a whole nother level. Is it one of those where like if I watch it as an eight year old, it could scar me for life because <sighs> yes, I feel like yes. I had some movies like that yes. where you, you're just too confusing. I, this so. movie has scarred lives. That's a fact. I, it didn't scar mine quite, but it definitely left an impact. I would encourage everyone to watch it. But that is what my night was last night. I was literally like new by myself, am I like looking AG's for someone to react to this thing? I wish I watched it with somebody else because that was a mistake. Um, all right, let's dive into this NFL slate here, Mike. I had I had to open up with that, but um, I, the NFL preview. There's some there's some good games on. I'm excited yeah. for this week. I think it's going to be an interesting week. Week five now. We're getting rid of some of those overreactions. Guys have played over 100 snaps now. Like we're seeing guys with legitimate sample sizes and how they've graded out. Go ahead and kick us off with a rookie you're looking to watch this upcoming week yeah i'm looking at justin herbert back-to-back encouraging performances from him but now that all the lights are going to be on him on monday night football going up against the saints defense that don't know about the injury report just yet if they're going to have the cornerbacks that's big if they don't obviously they looked pretty you know like a different defense when they don't have those guys in the football field so just seeing him when you know that was kind of the thing is when the lights were the brightest it seemed like in college 
didn't really show up as much mm-hmm. passing uh even in those you know supposed comeback win against you know Wisconsin and the great game he had against Utah were not great passing performances they were great rushing performances from him so see what he can do against that Saints D it's a pretty good defensive line I think they'll get after him is the scary thing there for him so uh, I think I saw a stat that um, Justin Herbert in college was pressured on an average for, on uh, four dropbacks per game. Hmm. In the NFL, I think it's up over 12. 12 dropbacks, 12 to 13 dropbacks per game. He is seeing a lot more pressure than he did previously, but he's throwing well under pressure. Like He's performed well under pressure, specifically throwing the deep ball. I- I'm interested to see the consistency because I don't think that where he's good right now is necessarily stable parts of the game like from a clean pocket consistently delivering throws 10 to 19 yards downfield with accuracy where he's thriving and why his grade is you know where it is right now is because he does have a handful of pretty deep balls 1.5 2.0 throws in PFF system I'm interested to see the consistency I want to see down to down consistency from Justin Herbert I had a guy on a radio hit the host asked me you've seen four weeks now who'd you rather have Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow and I said, Joe Burrow, by a mile. And he's like, no way. Are you serious? I was like, yes, I'm serious. Like that He has shown way more consistency than what Justin Herbert has put out. And I know it's it's exciting to get after Justin Herbert and what he's done with the deep yeah. ball, but like I still don't think the stable components of his game are there yet. Well, that's the, and that's the other thing. It's, it's, it's such a small sample still, even mm-hmm. for both those guys. Yeah, both guys. Yeah, absolutely. Like, But one had a ridiculous, one of the best college football season ever, and one was you know, good, not great at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen, like you still need to lean on what we know from the past still and not just and i did in that answer yeah like one and not just one like the game that's how i mean that's why a lot of people wanted to crown drew lock was because two or three good games last year and then his first you know game and a half this year we're not good at all yeah and so if you had those last year maybe there's not as much excitement heading in this year obviously i mean eric says this all the time dr eric eager i would encourage you to listen to the pff forecast with him and george to hurry he says it's a small sample size sport it's it's meant for overreactions it's meant for buying into these small samples to get specifically positive ones like drew lock playing well across a six game stretch it's like oh man the Denver broncos have their quarterback in the future justin herbert looking good in three starts oh man this guy looks legit like people love to jump on the positive overreactions across small sample sizes. Um, all right, I my- think there are positions where you can say that that's like that you can know. Mm-hmm. Like if an offensive lineman is not losing in pass protection, if you go up against Cameron Jordan, you shut out Cameron Jordan. You're like Tristan Wirfs. You can know that that guy's going to yeah. be good. Or what he did against you Joey Bosa. You don't accidentally do that. Like that. There's there's no way <laughs> Tristan Wirfs is now going to be a below average tackle in the NFL. But Jared Dagey can earn a 96.7 grade in a single game against Western Kentucky, and you can't buy into him. I don't know who yes. would do that. I don't know who would get on the Jared Dagey hype exactly. Train, but like, that is something you just can't do. That's right. a fool's errand. Yeah. An NFL game I'm looking at. It's Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Chicago to play. The, the Bears. The, the Bears are uh, fav- or four and a half point dogs. There's two rookie matchups I'm looking at here. Jalen Johnson, the, the, I'd say the best rookie quarterback so far this year. One of the few guys that isn't getting toasted consistently. I know he got beat by Darnell Mooney on a nice little route this past week, but um, his teammate? Not Darnell Mooney. I can't believe I just said Darnell <laughs> Mooney. Someone else on that team. I, 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 I'm sorry about that, but Jalen Johnson did get beat. The Colts. Uh, was it T.Y. Hilton? Yeah, it might have been that, but Jalen Johnson is going to be going against Mike Evans this week, which I think will be a very yes. interesting matchup for him. And then Tristan, the other matchup I'm highlighting is Tristan Wirfs goes going against Khalil Mack. Yeah. Oh, buddy. This it, is going to be a lot of fun to watch because Khalil Mack is a monster. There are some people in the PFF offices, and I can't get on board, that think TJ Watt is a better edge defender than Khalil Mack. I can't. I know he's great really well. He's done. I, I, I agree that TJ Watt's a great player. I, early, I was not convinced that he'd be a consistent pass rusher. He has proved me wrong. However, Khalil Mack, is a better edge defender through and through than T.J. Watt, and I think this is going to be a very tough matchup for Tristan Wirfs. 
Yeah, I'm not sure there's going to be a tougher matchup. Exactly. For Tristan Wirfs. That's just Khalil Mack throws a lot at you. Like, he can win in a lot of different ways. That's why, I mean, he just racks up sacks, pressures, elite pass rushing grades every single year. So, uh, yeah, this will be his toughest test yet. Yes, he's faced Joey Bosa. Yes, he's faced Cameron Jordan. But they are both more power edge rushers. Like, Tristan Wirfs' power was a given with him. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack can win with speed. Ben and power. Edge. I mean, and this power. guy can do so, anything. Yeah. So this will be a nice, like, litmus test for just, like, fantastic through four games. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But just how, you know, ready he is. At I am I am very much looking forward to it. Uh, give me your next game here. All right. My next one is going to be that Panthers defensive line. Derek Brown looked very good the past couple weeks in run defense. 88.0 run defense grade and 87.9. But he hasn't gotten more than one single pressure in a game all season long. Going up against Falcons offensive line that... Is better from last year. Obviously, they're healthy now. Caleb McGarry looks better. Uh, Chris Lindstrom playing well. But Matt Hennessy, the other rookie who's been filling in time there at left guard for them, has not. 34.5 pass blocking grade. I think they've been like rotating him and James Carpenter at left guard. Uh, if he plays against Derek Brown, maybe Derek Brown does go off because that looks like a mismatch. And then Etor Grossmatos had his best game as a rookie last week against the Cardinals. Just seeing those guys against this Falcons offensive line, I'm excited for what they could be building there. But again, we've only seen them on, like I said, I haven't seen much from Derek Brown's pass rusher and haven't seen much from Etor just in general. I think, I think Derek Brown has one of the lowest pass rush win rates of any defensive tackle in the NFL There's right three now. pressures yeah. so far this year. Um, what was I going to say? Caleb McGarry's actually graded really well for the yeah. Atlanta Falcons so far this year. He's allowed, year I think, a, a top four pr- uh, pressure rate so far this year. The other thing is Chris Lindstrom has looked good, but that's a Darius Smith play where he got absolutely brutalized. It was tough yeah. to watch. And he blew up the running back. Um, I'm excited to see more of Derek Brown because after the first two weeks, going against Richie Incognito, Gabe Jackson, um, Ronnie Hudson up in the first two weeks, these past two weeks he's graded a lot better. He yeah. dominated the Arizona Cardinals offensive line this past week. I'm looking forward to seeing more tape on Derek Brown. I think that floor we spoke to in the pre-draft process about him being a standout run defender you're starting to see yeah. that against lesser competition i think he has another good game good one well, and quietly this week two matchup was pretty tough too tampa Bay. yeah i mean ali marpin ryan jensen very good themselves so yeah i mean they've graded really well so far this year yeah. as well um all right my next matchup is we're gonna watch is gonna be the jacksonville jaguars going to houston to play the texans texans are favored by six in that game and i, I want to watch a handful of rookies on the jacksonville jaguars defense caleb on chase on cj henderson just going against a texans offense that has underwhelmed. Bill O'Brien was fired for a reason. I mean, this entire de- this entire team has underwhelmed, but there's still some talent. Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, when you when he does get targeted. <laughs> I don't know how often that will be, but if C.G. Henderson goes against Will Fuller and you see Chase on against what is a bad Houston Texans offensive line outside of Laramie Tunsil, I think there's some opportunities there to continue to watch a young Jags team trying to scrape out wins, trying to scrape out wins with Gardner Minshew's noodle arm. Um, I, I just think it'll be a fun matchup to watch. I like watching that defense. Even Andrew Wingard has graded well this year, the second-year safety out of Wyoming, Mountain West, stand-up. This, this chase seems fun to watch. I mean, they're not Absolutely. good. Fun to watch they, would be a great way to describe it. I definitely enjoy watching their games. That Bengals game last week was just, like, they have so many rookies that, you know, like LaVisca flashes. You got guys who just, like, they James flash, Robinson. Like, exciting players to watch. I, I think they're turning it around the way I would turn it around. If yep. I were. Like they're, Juwan they're Taylor looks better. Going about the right way, yeah. They have a lot of young talent. And I think Miles Jack, too, the more I've been watching Jacksonville Jaguars game, is one of the more underrated linebackers in the NFL. I think, oh, I mean, he, he's a little bit of a head case sometimes. You see some of the plays that he makes that are kind of like, you know, you're kind of scratching your head. But he is a very, very good off-ball linebacker in the NFL. Wasn't this like, didn't he have with his knee injury, it wasn't supposed to be like, oh, four years from now, just wait, it's going to 
be terrible. I think so. That yeah, was like he was the whole free draft de- thing yeah. why he fell into the second round and now nothing. No, he, I don't, he you and, never hear about it. He and since. Eric Kendricks on that UCLA team. That was talk about a team that was fun yeah. to watch. That defense was crazy. Both those linebackers moving side to side at elite speeds playing really well. I need to do something about guys with like real just like some research into guys who had like real red flags like that where it's like okay they're dropping because of that Frank Gore. what's the what's just the rate of that then coming back to roost in terms of like that guy just doesn't play and, yeah. and i'm not talking about who is the south Mar- uh Ladmore. uh mm-hmm. what's his first name markel no no I don't know uh, where it was. La- the South Carolina running back. I know you're like, talking Split about. his leg in half and like had a serious like re- had to have a serious recovery. Yeah, talking about guys who just like, oh, you know, like they have a meniscus tear from two years ago. It might come back to haunt them. I just want to know how many of those guys actually turn out because like no one no one ever talks about that. Yeah, yeah, like, ever. No, now. I mean, Everyone's Frank Gore like, dropped oh, in the draft. Like he got a massive contract. <laughs> like he got a massive extension. Mm-hmm. Like if his knee was that bad, you wouldn't be getting an extension. I don't know. But yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> All right, third game to watch here. My last one here, and it is, in my opinion, the story of the rookie class because all positions matter. Michael Anwayno, guard. Dude, he was New England up Patriots. On KC. He looks Mass- insane. He is so big. He was the third highest drafted Michigan interior offensive lineman, <laughs> and he is the second highest graded guard in the NFL right now. He's a ninety-two highest graded rookie overall. Highest graded rookie overall. 92.2 overall grade this past week. A 91.3 grade against Kansas City. No Chris Jones. That helps. But two pressures allowed all year on 103 pass blocking snaps. And this wasn't like Cam Newton play action every play, run heavy. Yeah. No, this they is. They were actually getting tested in pass protection this past week. 42 pass blocking snaps. Didn't allow a single pressure. He looks good. And I, I do wonder how much is him just being like, oh, shit, I fell to the sixth round because I was enormous in college and like and, and be a great I, guy I, to get on the podcast talking about that yeah. weight loss talking about what's been different because he looks different his feet yeah. look different like his he looks so much more comfortable yeah. at his current playing he, yeah he's grading out better in the nfl than he did last year in college which that just doesn't happen you, do, you know i, I comes I back and we've said this on the podcast before the new england patriots not only know how to scout offensive line but they also develop. do a really good job of developing yeah. offensive line what they've done was isaiah Wynn, joe tooney like they've done such a good job there dante's carnecchia is he still the offensive no. line coach no yeah, i thought he retired but still i still think they have the roots there in new england to get things done with the offensive lineman on wayne has been i mean he pulled around and made that big blow up block i know he kind of tabletopped the guy the pancake wasn't clean but still him just coming around on the pole i'm not ready for that okay i'm not ready I mean, for that kind of that kind of damage yeah, um, he, i mean and that's the other thing is like it doesn't look like a fluke no. Like, there's no reps where, like, he's actually just manhandling guys. He's left I, and, and right. D- Damian Lewis, the Seattle Seahawks guard, the former LSU guard, the guy I, I, guy I really liked coming out. Um, I think he's looked better than Damian Lewis yes. significantly. Damian yeah. Lewis graded really well early in the season, had some really good blocks in the run game, but has really struggled in pass protection. Yeah, yeah he's this guy in a phone booth, but people, these defensive tackles are beating him with speed, something we were concerned about. Everyone's more athletic in the NFL. Yeah. I think it's always important to think about that. Yeah, so you don't see those just like very low graded reps from mm-hmm. on, Wayne, on yep. tape. So. All right, uh, last game I'm looking at here. It's going to be Giants at Cowboys. Cowboys favored by nine and a half. I think that number is stretched out to ten in some places here. Uh, but Andrew Thomas has great has graded really poorly. I think he's allowed the highest mm-hmm. pressure rate of any tackle in the NFL, maybe after Bobby Hart and Trayvon Diggs is another guy that. <laughs> 
has really struggled in the NFL. He's making so many mental errors that you just don't expect from a, a guy in Nick's, from Nick Saban's system yeah. in Alabama. He's also getting toasted by yeah. faster wide receivers when he's playing press at the line. He's moving around in the slot and outside. He has allowed some of the highest yards, um, yards allowed per coverage snap at outside corner, and he's allowed some of the highest yards per coverage snap in the slot. It has not been good for either of these guys. I'm hoping for them to bounce back. Andrew Thomas... Doesn't have necessarily a great matchup going against Alden, Alden Smith. Smith, man. <laughs> Alden Fuck. Smith's probably going to do yeah. some damage to him. But Trayvon Diggs, this might this is one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. I'm t- I'm I'm sorry, but I was one of the first to say that Darius Slayton hype was way overblown. He is not a true separator. Like he ran a really good vertical route tree this past year, got beat some guys deep with his speed. But I'm not buying into him being. People were talking about Darius Slayton on the same tier as McLaurin, AJ Brown. Oh, no, yeah, what are you doing? Like that? That's not what he was at Auburn, and I don't even think that's what he was in his breakout rookie season with the New York Giants. So. Mm-hmm. Javon Diggs gets an easier slate here. I need to see some signs of life. In week one, he didn't grade well, but he at least he was at the catch point a couple times. In week two, I saw some similar reps. Since then, it's been a disaster. I'd like to see him come back here because I was a big fan of Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. But if Trayvon Diggs continues to play like ass, I'm going to have to be completely off on athletic corners. I don't know if I can do it again. I can't buy into these guys again. These guys with big size, good impress, but if he doesn't touch you, he's going to you get toasted. I don't know if I can buy into these guys again. Yeah, and it's not just a Trayvon Diggs problem. That whole defense is a mess right Awful. now. So, yeah. The safety's, safety play has been atrocious. All right, uh, NFL green line picks. I did not do well my green line picks i picked the falcons plus seven and a half and they couldn't cover that number the, the falcons Stop the falcon. are so, I, i'm picking the falcons again today but um, <laughs> the, the falcons i just don't understand how do you not have how are you not scheming calvin ridley targets in that game he had five targets zero receptions and everyone wants to jump out and say you know Jair alexander put on the clamps but they played a ton of zone green bay was in a ton of zone that entire way like there were opportunities to find him the football or, or feed him the football Julio Jones going out with a hamstring injury at half wasn't great, but I, I still think this offense has more talent than what they're scheming up offensively. It's a huge concern for me. I, I was really surprised by them not covering that seven and a half number. But either way, you kick us off. Who's your green line pick this week? I'll also say the Falcons defensively lost. Yeah. Like that was that was not a they were not completely outmanned. Like Rodgers played Bob well. Bob Tanyan scored it, three but, touchdowns but against them. Yeah, Rodgers was throwing to wide open receivers more often than not. Aaron Jones was, wide open in the red zone. Yeah. Bob Tanyan got tackled, got back up, and was still wide open. Yeah, it was ugly. But uh, my pick for Green Line here is going to be the Rams. Seven and a half point favorites against the football team. Just because, one, the football team, they're without Brandon Scherf going up against Aaron Donald. This one just seems like... Yes, and I know. Getting some plus play from their edge uh, defenders there too, from the Rams. From the Rams, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, the other guy I'm missing. Uh, I just think the going up against the Wesses at guard for the football team, not not a recipe for success for Washington there. Even I through just, that seven number, seven and a half. Yes, okay. even through that because Rams are the ultimate front runners. They'll gotcha. just pour it on you. Yeah. All right. Uh, my bet here is I'm getting back into the well here. I'm going back to Atlanta. Green Line has, I think, so NFL Green Line, which is a betting dashboard made available to all elite subscribers, has a pretty decent edge on Carolina. I mean, Atlanta covering that minus three number against Carolina on the road. It scares wow. me to take it, but I trust the math. I trust the guys who put that dashboard together, and I am willing to sweat out another Falcons you know, uh, bet here, and I'm going to take the Falcons minus three. It's an overreaction. It's an overreaction. I'm going in. Falcons I like minus three. completely feel that the other side is the. Like, <laughs> I feel strongly that the Panther side to that bet is the right. Here we are. Is the where the money is. Here we are. All right, let's jump to the uh, NCAA preview. But before we do that, let's take a quick break. 
All first-time depositors at Monkey Knife Fight that put at least $20 into their account while using promo code PFF will receive a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's a $40 value for just $20. And you'll get the opportunity to turn that $20 into even more money playing daily fantasy and prop games at one of the fastest-growing fantasy sports sites in the USA in Monkey Knife Fight. Go to Monkey Knife Fight and deposit your $20 with promo code PFF today to receive your free PFF Edge annual subscription. PFF and Sunday Night Football's Chris Collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field, 49ers All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. The Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcasts. They will provide the most interesting football conversation in sports every single week. And sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will take a deep dive or will be taking a deep dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting the best and brightest to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars. You do not want to miss the best 60 minutes, uh, 60 minutes of insight this season. All right, back into the college ranks here. Done with the NFL, at least for a little bit. What are some matchups, some prospects you're watching this weekend? Yes, I'm going to go to that Missouri LSU game. Two guys we've talked about a little bit to start this year. A couple breakout guys. Larry Borum, Missouri's right tackle. Didn't allow pressure against Alabama last week against Tennessee. Doesn't allow pressure again. Looking very good. Going up against Ollie Gay. 11 pressures week. One against Mississippi State. Four against Vanderbilt this past week. Something's got to give. One of them's going to either allow a pressure or not get any pressures. That's how it has to go. Yep. I, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm, I'm always down for a little LSU. A reason to turn on the LSU game should be good. They haven't. I mean, Ali Gay's probably one of the guys that's really stood out for that team uh, from a grading perspective so far this year, and going against Borum will be a good matchup. My first match, my first like prospects to watch here. I don't know if it's going to be a great game. BYU's favored by thirty four and a half against UTSA, but I got to get in on this Mormon Manziel guy. I mean, you're you're hyping him up as a first round talent. I got to watch. I'm going to watch Zach Wilson in that game. See what he does as a thirty four and a half point favorite. But the other guy I'm watching too is Brady Christensen, six foot six, three hundred pound offensive tackle for BYU. That is one of the highest graded players. And all of college football right now, a 94.7 overall grade, 94.2 in the run game. He has graded better and better every single year over the past three years, a 73.4 grade in 2018, 87.8 in 2019, and now up to a 94.7 across 186 snaps to start this season. BYU might have some talent here. I'm interested in watching both these guys. So we're talking about, so two things here. One, Zach Wilson kind of gets screwed by the COVID stuff because they don't play a real team all year. Yeah, they don't. But also, they don't play a real team all year. They might sneak into the playoff. They just, they haven't had a game closer than 31 points yet. They've beat Navy by 52, beat Troy by 41, and then beat LA Tech this past week by 31. They got UTSA, Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky, Boise State, which probably the one game to look forward to, North Alabama, San Diego State. North Alabama State. is a school. Yeah. North, I've never heard of that in my a lot life. Of, I, thought you I, think like every, I think every state has all four directions as a school. That's not true. California does not have any of those. They don't have a North. Nor- There's Cal. no West, East, South, or North. Okay. Well, the West You've Coast never been is a different Coast. world. Uh, but every, everything in the Midwest has that. Um, so they, <laughs> they're likely to go undefeated with how good Zach Wilson is, how good that offensive line is. Do they backdoor in? Maybe. And also, does I'm not going to shy away from it. And also, does anyone take Zach Wilson seriously as a prospect if he hasn't played a single defense worth it in this past year? Do you think he comes back? Uh, I don't. I mean, it's it's very early on. Yeah, it's very early. But either way, uh, give me your next uh, prospect to watch here. My next prospect to watch is a guy who has underwhelmed a bit after I heard some rave reviews out of their coaching staff heading into camp. Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher from Miami, former number one overall 
recruit. Wow. A five-star, went to UCLA, did zilch all at UCLA, um, transfers to Miami, first year there, not been great, only a 67.3 pass rushing grade, got ejected last week against Florida State. Not being able to face Florida State line probably hurts your grid because that's that Maybe. a feast. But he didn't have any pressures on nine pass rushing snaps, and that one only six pressures all year in three games. Going up against Clemson, Jordan McFadden, their right tackle. That's another guy who's graded really well this he's year. He's graded really well. Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore, I want to say, maybe a true junior. I don't know how redshirts or juniors work. He's in his third year there. But he's more of a guard. Uh, but he's only allowed two pressures all year long. So that'll be a good matchup to watch. I'm staying in that game. Nice. But I'm watching different guys. I'm watching Trevor Lawrence and Derek King. Maybe a little more exciting. Maybe a little bit more exciting. With Trevor Lawrence, he's the highest graded player in football right now. And he, I feel like he's in that can't-miss situation. Like you about six to eight beers in in beer pong. Not in beer die because you're mm. trash oh, at beer okay. die. Absolute garbage. Yeah, but let's go there. Trevor Lawrence, I'm excited to watch him go against Miami defense. I think this is the closest spread Clemson has seen all year. 14 point. I'm surprised that it's only at 14. I think Clemson could blow the doors off yeah, Miami. Clemson blow the doors at 14, off I might sneak into that number because I think it could creep up beyond that key number there at 14. Mm-hmm. But why do I watch Trevor Lawrence? Dear King, I think a lot of people are – not convinced he's going to play quarterback at the next level. I'm still excited to watch him run with the football because this guy is yeah. one of the more exciting players in college football, especially when pressured. This guy bails out of pockets really, really well. Not necessarily like a Kyler Murray, you know, in terms of he's really short, but athletic and play quarterback at the next level. He doesn't have the same arm talent. But Derek King is still a really fun player going against a very good Clemson defense. I think this is a matchup and a game just to turn on because you're going to see a lot of, one, a lot of prospects, including Jordan McFadden, but two, two really good quarterbacks that have both graded, I think, inside the top 20 offensively for PFF so far this year. Yeah, I think this is quite easily one of the most exciting games. Is this where game day is? Where's game day this week? That's a good question. I don't know. Fair. This is quite easily one of the most exciting Matchups we've seen so far yet in this college football season. It hasn't been a great slate of games. We'll just say that. But this one, it does look like it'll be fun. And, you know, Lawrence, he's been toasting some less than stellar defenses, we'll say. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll see how he looks in this one. My next matchup, I'm staying in the ACC. And it is our boy, Chaz Surratt, who has just been an absolute monster. Dude, a tear on a tear. 13 pressures on 33 pass rushes so far this season. (laughs) Him blitzing has been just amazing to watch. And maybe more importantly, only two missed tackles on 16 tackle attempts. That's our boy. But he's going up against probably the most difficult running back tackle in the country so far this year, Khalil Herbert, the guy we highlighted on Monday's pod, the transfer from Kansas, who I looked more into this. He just left Kansas last year. People, the story about why he left Kansas in the middle of the season, four games in, was having a monster season, averaging 9.2 yards per attempt through his first four games, 388 yards, had 18 broken tackles on 42 carries, and then was off the team. Transfers to Virginia Tech. Is there any story on why? Uh, there's no, I couldn't find a backstory on why he left the team. What? Leaves the team, goes over here to Virginia Tech, and is in the midst of another monster year. He's averaging 12.4 yards per attempt through his first two games, 311 yards on 25 carries, nine broken tackles. So Chesterat trying to bring that down will be a real test of it. That sounds fun. That sounds yeah. like an absolute fun prospect match to watch there. Um, <clears throat> I have two more games, Mike. I, I kind of threw a it's little three bonus. prospects to watch. I'm throwing okay. a little bonus, a little bonus. I got Alabama. I want to watch Alabama receivers going against Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss, 21-point dogs in this game. It, the reason I want to watch is because it's a different guy every week. It's Mechie. It's Waddle. Devontae Smith had a really nice toe, da- toe drag swag in this past week. But 
Mac Jones is delivering across the board. I'm excited to continue to watch those guys develop. Mechie has been super fun uh, as a, an underclassman there. And Elijah Moore, five foot eight, I think 175 yeah. pounds, really small guy. But uh, he's graded really well. They're feeding him targets there. That's another guy I'll watch there. And then also, who are we to not watch the Golden Domers? Florida State goes to um, – where the fuck is Notre Dame? South Bend. Goes to South Bend. It's 21. actually technically Notre Dame, Indiana. But. Oh, okay. Whatever, man. Uh, <laughs> Notre Dame are 21-point favorites against Florida State. But what I'm looking for in this game, Asante Samuel Jr., a top-20 player, according to PFF grade, on the defensive side of the ball. He had a really nice pick this past week. And then any signs of life from the rest of the prospects that we highlighted before the season. Corey Durden, um, Marvin Wilson. Like, these guys Josh Kando. Yeah, Josh Kando. You have not seen – Tomorrow on Terry, you have not seen these guys – little up to that hype and it's a real concern if you're wearing a florida state jersey yeah. and trying to go into the draft because i have not seen a ton of talent across the board a ton of highlight reels uh, uh, plays from that florida state team and then on the other side two offensive linemen grading really well for notre dame liam eikenberg and Jarrett patterson yep and then good line. A, a, a sneaky tight end i'll say it, best line in the country best line in the country tommy tremble who i think has some juice I, I think could, he's not on the Good same blocker too. He's not in the same tier as you know uh, Kyle Pitts and Brevin Jordan, mm-hmm. even Pat Fryermuth. But I do like Tommy Tremble a, a, as a name to watch for the next few weeks because I think that he is getting fed the ball. He's going to have a decent amount of targets and, like you said, blocking well as well. So Alabama at Ole Miss, Florida State at Notre Dame, some good prospects to watch in both of those games. Excited for that. Yeah, they've been using Tremble kind of as uh, some H back stuff, yeah. and they put him at fullback, and he looks like he. Is a very willing blocker. Oh, yeah. Cool too, yeah so. uh, NCAA Green Line picks here. This past week. I might tune into that one. I might tune into that You should game. tune into that one. I think you should watch that game. Uh, last week, where did I end up for NCAA Green Line last week? I had you the under in the Oklahoma-Iowa State game at 62, Stop 62 and a half. unders. I'm, unders and it goes to 67 with an Iowa State upset. That is just a bad beat. It's a bad beat, man. I did not expect Iowa State to be in that this game as much as they were. This is over, so you should have known. I, I, I tried to tell um, Go ahead and give me your pick this week. I'm going to go with... And I, I hit last week. I'll just say, I'll, just, I'll pump, my, pump my tires here. Hit last week on that one, uh, the NFL one. I gave you the Pats, which if Cam Newton plays, the Pats cover seven. Yeah, that's I think a we wash. can all agree. That's a wash. But everyone, it, it just everyone, it went off. All bookies gave money back on that game. I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, because it got it got moved. So I know. You had I know. To. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going K State plus nine at TCU. I know TCU's looked better. Uh, quarterback uh, Duggan. Has, has looked good. They got that Duggan? secondary. I think it's Dugon. Dugon. I don't know, actually. Don't that was a chair. <laughs> um, but K-State has a very good offensive line every single year. T- TCU does not have a good D-line this year. Lost Ross Blacklock. He was pretty much their D-line last year. They don't have much going up front there. And K-State, the guy to highlight here, Wyatt Huber, edge rusher, pass rushing grade over 90 this year. He's like this six foot two, 270-pound like block on the edge. Uses his hands really well. Not much as like a real NFL prospect, but like one of those guys who's just electric in college just can take over mm-hmm. games. I don't think TCU covers nine with that offense. I don't see it. Go Give me K-State plus nine. The guy to highlight is not that guy, Wyatt Huber. It is Deuce Vaughn. Are you kidding me? Okay, Deuce, Deuce Vaughn is a true freshman Monster. back. Five foot five, 168 pounds. So our, dir- our director of analytics, or I don't know his official title, Ben Stockwell, the guy who like manages all of our NFL grades. Like the guy who's been yeah. with PFF since NOM. 
has highlighted Deuce Vaughn in my DMs on Slack every single week. Mm-hmm. Five foot five, 168 pounds, has an 84.7 grade so far this year. Makes plays every single week. Every, yeah. He's a highlight reel. He's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, hashtag fun to watch. He wears number 22, five foot five, 168 pounds. And if you're listed at five five, 168, you know you're sneaking in around five, four and a half and probably like closer to 150. Like that is just insane to me that this guy's even on a football field and still he's making plays. If you're watching Kansas State, you're watching Deuce Vaughn. That's, that's just facts. Um, my green line pick this week. I'm taking Oklahoma minus two and the money line against Texas. I think Oklahoma wins this game. And the money line. And the money line. Green line has an edge on both. It's NCAA win by one. NCAA has an edge on both, on both the money lines at certain prices. So Oklahoma minus two and the money line. I I, I think uh, they beat Texas badly here. Spencer Rattler, I know, a little bit of an overreaction to that Iowa State upset. I think Spencer Rattler is a better quarterback, and he's only gotten two points. He's only been given two points. I think he's a better quarterback than that. Yeah, I I don't think. As much as I picked them to go to the playoff preseason, I don't think Texas is that great. Yeah. That they just, at least defensively. So I can get on board with that for sure. All right. While we normally end the podcast here after the NCAA Green Line picks, we're introducing a new segment. And I don't know the name of it yet. We're still thinking about it. We always need to tie it to some alcohol-related or bar-related segment here. But what we're going to do moving forward on the Monday podcast, we'll announce... Leave a five-star review. You can also do it now. Leave a five-star review with the name of a player that we haven't talked about, whether it's a rookie, prospect, whatever it may be. Leave a five-star review with the name of that player, and we're going to look at his tape, look at his grades, and see what we can get out of those guys. So this week, three reviews, four names. Let's get into it, starting with Savon Scarver. Not a lot to like about this guy. I mean, this was a tough one. I did not see a lot of talent from Scarver. Yeah, so he's a return man is like his claim to fame. Five, I believe, return touchdowns in his career for Utah State but only 247 receiving yards this past year. Truthfully, bad ball skills. Mm-hmm. Like, I- I'm not sure you're ever going to, even like as a gadget player, really wants guy in the field. He had six drops on 30 opportunities this past year, 13 on 58 possible catches for his career. That's a, that's a, and he went 0 for 9 in contested situations. That's <laughs> it, bad. It's like, doesn't attack the ball great. And like I said, so, so 271 yards this past year is dynamic after the catch. You see that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's, you know, He's not to the level of like a like for sure not like a Rondell Moore, but like he's not to the level of where he's so good that I'm gonna need to get him on the field because of or just find a way to get the ball in his hands. Maybe his best bet, running back. He's five eleven, one eighty five, like ten to fifteen more pounds. I think he could be a legit running back. That is what I would do with but him. But even a I'm running back with that those type of ball skills aren't great. Yeah. Also, in addition to that, if you're going to be like this kick man, kick, kick return or gadget player and only averaging 4.3 yards after the catch uh, this, you know, before the 2020 season, he's only forced six missed tackles that year as well. He's only forced six tackles. He's only forced six missed tackles in his career at Utah State, and he's had 45 receptions from 86 targets. Not a lot to cling to for Savon Scarver, but we appreciate the review. All right. Here we go. Give to you straight. We're not going to sugarcoat it. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Trey McBride and Warren Jackson. Warren Jackson, I actually. Really like. I, I, Warren Jackson's yeah. graded well for PFF for a while now. Yeah. I think Warren Jackson I- is uh, a name to watch for sure. I actually like McBride better. But really? Warren Jackson, he's 6'6", 219. The 219 number seems a little... Like, just looking at him, he's skinny as can be. And he's not particularly explosive or... And, like, not even just, like... Usually when guys are taller, when they get full speed, they can, like, run by guys. Like mm-hmm. Mike Evans ran a 4 or 5 something. Mm-hmm. But he can get by you. But yeah, but once he's up to full speed, he can run by you. I didn't see that really with Warren Jackson. His long speed, shall we say, is not great either. The the good part about him is good, great body control for a guy that size, like big catch radius, 
and even though he is kind of skinny he he tries to get physical like he wants to you know push off wants to get a little subtle like in your body and then separate that way so those are good things gonna need to see him against a better competition though to like buy in because I, I just those are the not again the type of receivers that i'm going to get excited about mm-hmm. is the guy who is going to win with their catch radius that sort of thing so trey mcbride on the other hand i'm a fan of uh, he was entered the transfer portal then changed his mind and then might be playing this year i don't know mount but west i think is playing this year but i think it's only like but six games yeah so he's six four two sixty and I think he's going to be a true junior this year. So he's still young. I'd be surprised if he comes out as true junior after six games. Especially um, playing at Colorado State. You need as many yeah, games exactly. You and so, but I'm a fan of his because he kind of, he reminds me of Dallas Goddard. He kind of like shuffles the way he runs. Mm-hmm. But he also like was very good after the catch and very kind of quick in the short area for a guy that size, which is a good thing. When you're 260 pounds, if you're quick in the short area, it's a difficult guy to tackle. So he broke six tackles, I believe last season um i'm a fan of his not much of an inline blocker yet but again he has the size to do it so I'm, i was actually kind of obviously whoever asked this is probably colorado state fan so i'm not trying to be offensive but i was kind of like hyping when he said he was going to transfer hoping he would go to a school know, where you see better competition Bama, that's not that's not like a that. bad thing you know, you if know. you're a colorado state fan yeah. you can support the team but understand that the prospects aren't getting elite level competition yeah. like you would in the power five because that's I, not that's not a novel concept because yeah, i thought he would have been coveted pretty much as a as a transfer uh, opportunity, but he's coming back to Colorado State, so we'll see. All right, last guy we'll look at here is the Kentucky offensive tackle, Darian Kennard, six foot five, three forty five. You see him more as a guard, maybe yeah. at the next level, but he's he's graded well. You know, in in twenty nineteen, an eighty nine point two overall grade across seven hundred and six snaps, and this so far this year, an eighty point eight overall grade for Kentucky has looked good, specifically in pass protection. Uh, where are you at with Kennard? Yeah, so he's a powerful dude, only a true junior, um, so. No lock to come out, but I do think. Hey, thanks for that. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's not like we're doing a podcast here. I just looked at my computer volumes on, so <laughs> just got lucky. Um, but he's got really heavy hands. Like his punch is great, but I think he's just kind of kind of a waist bender and heavy legged on the edge edge to where he's going to get exposed by more speed. Heavy I legs think. on the edge is not good. Yeah, you can't. You. I mean, you look at some of the tackles that are having success. Yeah. The young tackles having success. Feet move quickly. You have to have good feet in the NFL if you're playing offensive tackle. It's not just yeah. a size thing and strength thing. You can have heavy hands. Bring them inside. Bring no. those heavy hands inside, and you'll have more success. And then, obviously, he's helped out by the fact that Kentucky's offense last year and even this year, not a drop-back passing offense. Mm-hmm. They are run first. Moving obviously, that guy when Lynn Bowden was there, they didn't even like pass at all. So, uh, so That's he, was very al- true. he was almost more of a guard in terms of usage there on the edge last year. But, like I said, as a guard, I like him. Like mm-hmm. probably mid rounder as a guard at this point, uh, but again as a junior, unless you're elite, usually guys just don't come out as a true junior. So I think you'll be there again, 2021. There you go. That's going to do it for the two for one drafts podcast here on a Wednesday, the college football and NFL Week Five preview. Next week on Monday, going to dive into the review. But if you want to get a name in. Leave a five-star review. Rate, review, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And in addition to that, it, it keeps food on the table for Mike. It keeps Miller Lights in the fridge. Rate and review the podcast to make sure we get it done there. Um, but I, that's going to do it. See you guys Monday. Asa Gale, Mike Renner, 241 Jackson.